Hi, this is Dennis Semsey. You are listening to the Faith in Humanity podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Faith in Humanity podcast. It has been a while, and I'm sorry about that, just a lot of life stuff going on, but I am back now, and I am very excited to present to you not only this episode, but the next few episodes, because they're part of a series that I've been wanting to do for a while. If you have listened to this podcast, you would know that I grew up in a very, very religious family, specifically Christianity. And that has um, certainly shaped the way that I view faith and spirituality, even when I am going through this searching period, and I'm taking you all along with me in this searching period. I find that... um, the way that I view other religions or the way that I go into talking with people about other religions, I always do it through the lens of Christianity because that's what I am used to and that's what I know. And so now that I am an adult and I'm trying to formulate my own thoughts and kind of do some exploration into other realms of faith and spirituality, I I thought that it'd be really fascinating to talk to my siblings. Uh, you know, they obviously grew up in this under the same roof as I did, with like being taught the same values with the same parents, and and it's just incredibly fascinating to me because I'm at this point in my life, this searching period, and then I have my brothers and sister who are really firm in their beliefs in Christianity. Then I have other siblings that are like me, a little bit more loose, a little bit in a searching period. And I just thought it would be incredibly fascinating to talk to them and figure out, well, why did you guys come to these conclusions? And why am I kind of in this space? And where and my other siblings are kind of in a similar space as I am. So this episode, I'm actually talking to my younger sister, Danielle, and she's absolutely amazing. And, I, and I'm unbelievably excited to present this conversation with you because honestly it's probably one of my favorite conversations it was a blast i think partially it's because you know we're siblings and so we were able to kind of reminisce a little bit about the fun times and joke about stuff and just like i don't know just have a really grand time it was like totally a different dynamic than the other um interviews that i have done but uh either way it's 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 unbelievable and it's it's a really really wonderful discussion so i'm really excited about that and without any further ado here's the episode hey daniel okay so hi dennis <laughs> you're the you're the first person um in the family that i'm talking to and um mm-hmm. um I think I'm most excited about talking to you, um, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I think the reason why that is, is because, like, um, I know that you have, uh, like, firm beliefs, and I know that mm-hmm. Peter has pretty firm beliefs, and I think Stephanie has been uh, more or less just kind of formulating her firm beliefs, but she's, you know, right. still in kind of this searching period. Um, right. But you have very firm beliefs, but, like, you also have... Um, you're you're older than Peter, so I feel like um, right. Maybe maybe I'm you have wiser. a different perspective um, than he does. You're at a different walk in life, so I'm really right. excited to talk to you. Um, so I'm really yeah. glad. Well, that thanks you're, for what? Thanks for having me. Um, of course, yeah. I was about to say thank you for coming on. Like super. Yeah. Cool. No, this will be good. It, Hopefully, let's hope that it's good. <laughs> this could be this could be a sibling battle right now. Just kidding, it'll be fine. But, um, <laughs> well, let's hope not. I mean, <laughs> you're not coming for Thanksgiving, so, so I don't have yeah, to worry exactly. about seeing you for a while. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're gonna make it. I don't even. You're gonna come for a little bit of Christmas anyway, right? You're supposed to stop by. For, for um. Well, mom and dad have been asking me to, but we have to see what the week looks like and how this podcast goes. So who knows? I may right. not see you until next year. Um, yeah, okay. if, if I get over it. If you get over it, yeah. Um, okay, so I've talked a lot on the podcast about um, kind of how I interpret it, um, our upbringing, because obviously we're siblings. Um, we're just, mm-hmm. you know, a few years apart. We're like three years apart. How old are you now? 25? I'll be 25 in December. Okay, yeah. So we're, so we're, about, three, we're about three years apart, three and a half years apart. So, right. you know, we obviously grew up, 
very similar upbringing. I mean, obviously, same parents, kind of the same kind of time period. You know, I could I could understand it maybe a little bit different if it was uh, you know Sam who's a lot older talking to Vinny who's really young. You know, like obviously right. our parents have changed also over time. But I feel like we grew up, of course, you know, in the same obviously in the same household under the same rules and pretty much in the same timeline. So very similar upbringing. So. Right. Um, I've talked about our upbringing, or the way that I looked at our upbringing, um, in regards to uh, politics. I mean, well, well <laughs> politics and, and religion. I got politics on my mind, but I just went to vote. But, um, like, you know, in regards to uh, religion, I kind of talked a little bit here and there about about um, about my the way that I saw our upbringing. But I don't know how, how would how would you describe to someone the way that we were raised in regards to spirituality, in regards to religion, specifically Christianity? Oh, boy. Um, well, I, we definitely were raised in a religious home. Um, you know, we started out by going to a Lutheran church, but I, I mean, I personally, I know there's a difference between all the different, um, you know, like sects of religions where it comes to Christianity, Catholicism, Lutheran, you know, all those things. But I don't know if when we were going to Lutheran church, if I would have said we were all Lutheran. Um, I think we went there just because it was where mom and dad kind of started going or something. Um, But we definitely were raised, I think, on more Christian... um, like, I don't know, what, what would you say? Like, not rules, but, like, just rituals and yeah, beliefs. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say we were raised on that. But, like I said, I'm not even 100% sure of what a Lutheran value would look like versus a Christian one. So, mm-hmm. um, but then, uh, uh, so we were raised in a very religious home. I would say that um, God governed most of mom and dad's decisions and the way they um, disciplined us and treated us and handled us as kids. Not, um, not saying that it was always correct, but I think they did it with the best interest in mind. I think they did it in love. Um, and so I do think, even though we were raised in a religious household, a lot of people would think, like, oh, that's a strict, you know, like, you guys were those crazy Christians that, you know, did, had to do everything or lived by certain rules. But I think it was more um, a house full of love because mom and dad, I thought, were a very good balance when it came to their faith. Um, mom was definitely more vocal um, in in her beliefs. And, you know, she volunteered everywhere and anywhere. And I think dad was more the quiet one who kind of, it was like the grouch, but you knew deep down he had like the biggest heart. So the way they, I think they balanced each other out very well when it came to raising us. Um, and I, I think, so I, yeah, I, it's hard to answer that question. So I apologize if I'm, I'm rambling, but, you know, I think we were raised in a really religious home. Mom and dad made sure we went to church. Um, in the beginning, we used to, I think, even all sit together um, And then, you know, slowly we kind of got more involved if we wanted to in youth group. But I do think mom and dad made it a priority that we went to church and went to youth group. Um, I wouldn't say our, our, yeah, yeah, um, morning devotions or a very quick devotion because we were always late to school every single time. Right, she would scrape off the burnt toast and you'd butter it and put cinnamon sugar on it while she read from, like, you know, daily something. And we were always, like, seven days behind, so she'd read all of them, um, which was made us even later, and that's why she would get letters from the school being like, um, do you need help in the morning? Should a bus pick up your children? Like, you're late every day. Um, oh, my God. So, so actually, yeah, so that's always, you know, um, I forgot about morning devotions, and um, I, think, I think she got more strict with that stuff. I think mom was definitely more strict when it came to um, our faith, because like I said, she was much more vocal mm-hmm. about it. Um, 
And I do, I, I think back then I didn't appreciate it. But now, like, you know, in the mornings, mom, I, I mean, I don't know if she still does this. I'm assuming she does because, you know, she's still mom. But every single morning, right when she got out of bed, she got onto her knees and she'd pray at the side of her bed. Yeah. And she had such rituals and habits that take years and years to to really get into. And I think I appreciate that more now because I find how hard it is to really stick to something. So the fact that like every single morning she'd get on her knees and pray or she would do her devotions, um, even if we don't, even if each of us kids don't necessarily do devotions or pray each morning, but she instilled in us like what a good habit looks like and how to form good habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you were younger, that annoyed us. Like it was like, oh, you mom, we got to do devotions or oh, dad, come on, like we got to get going. But um, now, I, you know, I still um, keep some of those habits, but I just appreciate more that she kind of taught us like this is what a good habit does and this is how long it takes to form that. Um, and I wish I did that more now. You know, it's so easy now that she's not reminding me every single morning to pray or do devotions, it's easier for me to just kind of forget about it or let something or sleep yeah. the extra however long it is. Um, but, yeah, so so the morning devotions, um, we always had, like, traditions when it came to different holidays. You know, Christmas morning we always had to do something to celebrate um, the birth of Jesus. And I remember you and Stephanie one time you didn't have anything prepared, so you read the birth of Jesus and Stephanie acted out what happened. Um, <laughs> I do not remember and, that. that is- <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was good. And Peter would play a song on his saxophone and Vinny and, you know, Amy read a prayer or something. Um, and, like, it, I think, like, even though – Maybe some of us looking back would be like, oh, come on, like, that was so, we all had to do it. But I think, like, for me, it created a lot of really good memories. And that's, like, something I appreciate. Even though it was like, oh, you have to, like, we had to do this or something. It was like, yeah, but it created a memory for all of us, which was cool, too. Um, And the same goes for Easter. Remember, you had to follow the trail of candies and make a stop at each place to read something or sing something. Go outside and shout. Yeah. Um, He is risen. I think that was the banner. Yeah, because that was the banner on the on the door. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, You're right. All those all those traditions, especially the one on Christmas morning. I feel like the Christmas morning one is really tough because you want to get to the present. But we always had to do the, you know, each person has to, you know, do yeah. their thing before going to the present. So it was always, like, really frustrating as a kid, especially when we would, like, um, all hang out on the steps for, like, an hour. And wait. <laughs> that got yeah. So, like, yeah, that was always... But you're right. Those, those created a lot of really good memories, and I'm really grateful that I have those memories. Um, right. And like so, I said, I think even if looking back, it would teach you, like, patience or, like... You know, like, um, that Christmas isn't all about getting those gifts and getting to that and ripping them open. Like, it made sure that it it stayed focused on what Christmas is about and make it sure that, like, we stayed focused as a family, like, spending time together and enjoying that time. We had, you know, to go from that to then opening gifts, and then we always had breakfast, and Dad always made his egg surprise. Like, those, like, small traditions – I find myself, like, looking back on and thinking, like, oh, that's something I'd like to carry on with my kids, or even um, decorating. Like, remember, Mom decorates the dining room every year, and, like, just the thought that she puts into it, staying up till 4 in the morning, um, you know, decorating the Christmas tree, just, again, to, you know, bring Christmas back into focus and also just give us something to remember. Um, Like, when we had the gingerbread pinata, and we all had to hit it, and Grandma even hit it and stuff. Like, it's, like, little things like that that I just appreciate um, that they did for us, uh, even if we all now don't see eye to eye on, on like, uh, where we stand in our face. Like, and even though that might have seemed forced, like, you had to do something, um, looking back on it, I think we all could really appreciate what was taught and the memories that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally, totally agree with you. And I think that if you do carry some of those tra- traditions 
over to when uh, you and Austin have kids. I hope that you're prepared for them, for your kids to be complaining about it and knowing that, that right. hey, later on in life, you'll appreciate all this. Trust me. Right. <laughs> you will. And it's interesting because mom and dad, even though they grew up in Catholic, ho- Catholic homes, I wouldn't say they were religious. You know, yeah, they, you know, Nana and Grandma, um, you know, prayed before meals and they they went to mass and things like that. But I wouldn't say they grew up in like really religious homes. So it's interesting to see how mom and dad took their faith and implemented in their family when they didn't really have an example that was given to them growing up. Mm, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And like, I really liked, um, well, first of all, there, there's a few things. Like I really liked how you're right. I didn't even realize this so much, but mom and dad like, I'm just realizing this now. Maybe I've articulated this before, but never, like, I feel like in this concise way. Um, I feel like mom and dad, you're right, had a really good balance where mom was really focused on our spiritual well-being, and I feel like dad was very focused on our, like, physical well-being. Like, I just know that, like, when it comes to spiritual matters, I'll go talk to mom about it. And then when it comes to financial stuff, I'll talk to dad about it. It's like we, they really work <laughs> yeah. out like that. You know, both are very important. And I feel like um, I would rely on them for different things. So, yeah. Right. And, but I do feel like they also balance each other well in like the way they parented. You know, um, there was a lot of times where one would say something and say like, oh, this is how it's going to be. And then the other one would take that pers- that one aside and say like, okay, let's think about this. And then they'd come back with like a compromise on how to handle something. Um, not that that always happened, but I do think that they did that very well. Where, like you know... Mom, mom was always very uh, soft with me. She'd always take my... Uh... Yeah, mom is a little soft with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because I'm a very anxious person. <laughs> I know, like you like walked into mom into their house and you're like, I really like this table. Can I have it? Mom was like, Yeah, go ahead, I'll buy a new one. <laughs> like, like you could be like, Mom, I really like this home. Can I have it? She'd be like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> We're looking at another one anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Dad's like, What? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um. It's so true. But, but, um, yeah, I think, like, even when you think back to, like, our Saturday night's ministry, like, mom was always so, like, oh, my goodness, yes. Like, I know every Saturday's fine. And it would be, like, 30, you know, teenagers at our house. And mom bought all the food for it. Saturday nights for people listening, like, what that kind of was that we did. Oh, yeah. So, right, right. Um, Saturday nights was a ministry that we did when we were – when we were in high school, so it was when I was a freshman, you were a senior, we started it, and then it went till I was a senior. But it was just, um, I think our older siblings, or one of our older siblings, and then our friend's older siblings started it where it's like a time for inviting your high school friends to come to our house. It happened to be our house. And like the gospel message or a message was shared with them and we played games and it was essentially like for people we felt like, oh, maybe they wouldn't be comfortable going to church, but they might be comfortable just coming to our house and hanging out. And that's what it was. It was a big hangout. Um, But we also just loved on these people and we shared um, what Christ was doing in our lives with them. Um, So that's what Saturday nights was. It was every Saturday, every Saturday over the summer and I think every other during the school year. But, you know, like Stephanie, our older sister, did that um, with some of her friends. It took place at, at our house. And then years, years and years later, when we started again, same deal took place at our house. And, like, mom and dad supplied all the food. They did, you know, everything for it. And I think mom was, like, all pumped about it. But, like, dad would always kind of be like, oh, my God, you know, his usual scratching of his head and, you know, rubbing of his hands. But then, like, when push came to shove, I think he he genuinely enjoyed it. And even though he puts on, like, a, oh, my goodness, like, he loved having those people come, and everybody would come into the living room and, and talk to him, and, and he would crack jokes because, you know, he's funny, and he knows he's funny. So he um he liked having an audience there to, to crack jokes with. And even though he wasn't very vocal about it, um he just – 
I think he did really enjoy that. So they balanced each other out very well. Um, and, and, you know, Dad, like you said, financially he um, did everything for our family as well. He, yeah. he just was such a good provider for all of us. And um, he, he provided, like, the funds to do that so that we could have that ministry. And anything mom, you know, all the different things mom volunteered for, birthright, you know, how many women we had come and stay in our home who were kicked out of their house because they were having a baby or something and they stayed with us and, you know, we helped them in any way we could. And that was because of mom and dad and the way they, they balanced each other out and how they, they served the kingdom of God together. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was really you know, sometimes I'll talk about um on the podcast. I, I do say like my upbringing was was wonderful. Like it was definitely a very stable and healthy family. Um and like we obviously had of all, all of our needs provided for us and everything. Um I've always thought about our upbringing as being a little bit um a little bit unique. I feel like it was it was definitely heavier on the religion than my friends. Uh, right. Like my even I feel like even the friends in church and everything. I feel like ours was a little bit um, heavier on the religion, and I felt like um, I don't know. I felt like there was a little bit of um, like rigidness to it in, in a way, and I feel like maybe that's why like. Um, Stephanie and I felt a little bit rebellious and kind of like pushed against it because you know, like um, you you know, plugged in, right? I mean, like obviously you know, plugged in. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the like, online you know, like, movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a Christian website where they listen to like music or movies or TV shows and then they rate it on like what's the content in it and like um. How many curse words and, exactly. you know, nudity. Yeah, and violence and just all of that. Right. Um, and, like, so, like, any movie that we'd wanted to see until we got older was really checked. And, and you know what, I, and, and I recognize that, like, now that I'm older, I felt like it was very, to me, it felt very constraining. But, like, obviously I yeah. know that, like, it was because they, uh, you know, they wanted to fill us with things that would be, life-giving and positive and not something that would be, um, like, negative. Um, so, like, I, I recognize that now as a, as a really positive thing. I feel like at the time um, I didn't really recognize that, but that could just be the foolishness of youth, you know? Like, I don't know. I right. don't have, like, you know, I was young and dumb. Like, what can I say? Like, now that I'm older, like, the, like if I ever have kids, I'm probably going to want to monitor a little bit of what they're watching right, and right. The things that they're doing. Like, I'm going to want to do that, too. And so it felt very yeah. constraining. So I felt like um, I felt like there was, like, kind of this rebellious streak in Stephanie and me. Um, yeah. And, and other siblings. I just feel like because, like, the four of us, we just, we just grew up, we just, like, kind of were together in this, like, little, like, right. pocket. You know what I mean? Like, with, like, Stephanie and I, we were in school together. You and I were in high school together. Were you and Peter in high school together, right? Or no, were you out? Yeah, yeah, for a year. For that one year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like we were all kind of in the same same, um, same time period. I don't know. It's just, um, it's, really, it's really interesting to me, um, just how, like, Stephanie and I kind of felt this. And I don't know, maybe Peter would, would feel, this, feel the same way, this kind of rebellious, yeah. and how it was, like, a little bit constraining. Um, but yeah, now that I'm older, obviously I see the benefit in it. I don't think I'd be um, um, maybe maybe as extreme, but who knows? I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was there was also a lot of change. I mean, you know, the internet was just coming out. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, well, it was out, but it was just getting like you know faster and more reliable right. and being able to easily be accessed and like more mo and like the culture was changing. So I don't know. Maybe when I'm older and I have kids. Um, It'll be different, you know. I won't understand the right. new media that they're that they're consuming, and I'll be more skeptical about it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it just takes a little bit of a little bit of um, wisdom of of, of the right. age, you know. Um, yeah, and I think that goes back to any of our 
traditions or the things that, or you know, the way we're raised. It's. I'm not saying that everything was perfect in by any means, but just that you know, right? No one's perfect, and and you know, every person's doing the best that they can do, and they're doing what they think is best. And I truly, truly believe that that mom and dad are doing and did what they felt was best and what was out of love. Um, and so I think, like, for those, like, I remember mom used to always say, like, when it came to, like, the movies or shows or even music, like, you know, what you put in your heart uh, or what you watch or what you listen to or what you see goes into your heart. Um, and and I always would be like, oh, mom, that's, you know, come on, that's not true. Like, just because I watch whatever TV show doesn't mean I'm going to turn into, you know, some dark person. But on the same hand, like, you know, there's so much beauty in this world. Like, how much time should we really waste on um, watching these dark, terrible things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I do think that was out of protection for us, like you were saying. Um, <clears throat> and I, I mean, I think the one, like, I, I, I don't know if Peter would go through rebellious. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I never really went through a rebellious stage at all. Um, but I will say that I feel like now that I've gotten older, like I have, like my faith is very strong, but I think the best thing about what came from me with age and my faith is the confidence to ask the difficult questions that I felt like I wasn't supposed to be asking in the church. Um, and like realizing that honesty is like, as corny as it sounds, the best policy, even when it comes to my faith. Um, like, I used to never want to ask any doubting questions because I felt like I shouldn't. Um, but now, like, I feel comfortable being like, you know, this doesn't really make sense to me and I don't get this. Um, and vocalizing that and, and saying, like, st- like saying, I still believe what I believe, but here's my big question with it and wrestling with those questions openly and freely. And I feel more comfortable even now saying things to mom and dad and saying, like, you know, I, I still believe what I've been taught, um, but we never really talked about this. And I think that's like the downfall for a lot of people in their faith is it's always so happy and positive and that then we become afraid to ask the really tough questions, which might be why a lot of people even turn because the tough questions become too much and, and it's easier to just abandon something than to ask those questions. At least that's how I feel um, like a lot of times I think having your faith when times are difficult is is even harder. A lot of people say like, oh, you know, it's, you, it's good because you have a faith and like that's really good. And I'm like, actually, sometimes it makes it even harder because I know for a fact that um, my God could have saved so-and-so or I know that my God is big, so why didn't it happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think now I'm just more comfortable saying like, yeah, I don't understand this and I – and I and I'm okay asking questions, and I'm okay having those doubts and vocalizing them to to people because that's what that's what my faith has turned into. Like that's what I've gained in in these years of even being out of the house and kind of living on my own and figuring out my faith on my own. Because now it is my own. Now that I've you know I don't have someone reminding me to do devotions or reminding me to pray every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating because I, I completely, I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like when you have those really tough questions, because I know a lot of people that have had um, either tough questions or tough issues with some verses in the Bible that kind of um, clash with like uh, maybe the people that they interact with or the information that they're getting. And instead of talking to people, instead of being honest, they'll kind of let that fester, let that fester until it's almost like, um, they've convinced themselves that there's really no answer or, or maybe right. convinced themselves that the answer is negative. And I found for myself, because like I moved down to Georgia three years ago and I've talked about this on the podcast, but I moved down like three years ago and the first thing I did was go find a church because I knew, okay, I need to make friends. A church is a great place to make friends. And um, I started going to this church, Grace, and um, the moment that I walked in there, I was just completely honest with all the people in there about where I was at, what my struggles were, like what my thoughts were, what my doubts were, what my questions were. And like, I feel like, um, and I'm, I don't even know fully where I'm at right now. I feel like I'm in this wishy-washy period and I'm kind of content with that at the moment. 
just kind of mm-hmm. be like, no, I'm going to be in this space, and I'm not going to try to force a change. I'm just going to let it happen. Right. Um, right. I feel comfortable about that, but the fact is, is that because I was so open and honest with all the people, I have grown, I feel like, so much more, and I've had such real right. relationships, and like a lot of the questions and a lot of the issues that I have um, have either been answered or I'll be able to, or, or they've kind of been explained to me in a different way that allows me to think about things differently. And, and it's, been, it's been really helpful. So, like, I definitely agree that, like, being open and honest is, like, the absolute healthiest thing that you can do. And, like, the fact right. that, like, obviously your faith is your own. I was actually going to ask you, when, when did you start to have, when do you feel like did you start to have genuine faith? Because, like, Obviously, lots of kids they'll just kind of follow what their parents say. They just parrot what their parents say. They just kind of believe right. what their parents say um, because they're your first influences in this world is <laughs> your parents. You know, right. you were influenced right. by them first. Um, so, when did you feel like it became really genuine? Was it like when you actually had to move out of the house when you went to college and you kind of had to start really challenging yourself? Mm-hmm. I feel like college is a great place where you just meet so many different people and like different cultures and just exposed to so much so many things yeah I think I mean college was good and I and I do feel like that's when I started feeling more comfortable because you know you're you're with a bunch of you're not with your well for me I wasn't you know going to our home church anymore Mm -hmm. I was with a bunch of new believers so I feel like I could really open up and like you know they didn't know my past history in the church, like how involved I was or wasn't involved and, you know, where I stood on certain things. So, like, that was good. But I do think my faith became more of my own um, when I was in high school. I don't know exactly when, but, you know, I, you know, got involved with, we were going to youth group, and then when we went to Albania, um, I felt like that's, I think when we went to Albania, that's when my my heart, um, really started. Your first um, trip to Albania, right? You went twice. Yeah, my first trip to Albania when we met a lot of the people and their struggles. Like that's when I started to like when it becomes so real. Like you're face to face with someone who is going through something as horrific as some of the things we heard, um, and yet they were praising God. Like that's when I started to like, okay, but how does this re- like why does this really need to happen? And you know that's when I started asking big questions but I feel like I still kind of kept them to myself because mm. I was going to church. I was a worship leader. Um, you know, I was leading Saturday nights, and, and so I was really involved. It was, my faith was my own then. Like, I didn't feel like it was mom and dad, but I think um, I didn't feel comfortable enough to really start asking questions until I got into college. Mm. And that's when I was like, you know, I feel like as Christians we can be very fake with one another, um, we've all put on masks or we just are, we always think everything has to be okay. And I just started to realize like everything's really not okay and, and that's okay. Like it's okay for things to not be okay. In fact, it's healthy to be honest and say like, no, things aren't okay. Um, and you're, you know, I'm working through that. So I think in college, that's when I started to feel that way. But my faith became my own in high school and then in college I just became more honest about where my faith was actually at. Mm-hmm with those around me. Mm, mm, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And you talked about how there was a lot of, uh, that you've had, like, questions, obviously, and, and you've had to deal with certain, certain issues in your faith. But have you, ever, right. have you ever fully doubted your faith? Have you ever fully been like, I don't even know if Christianity is right. Like, I don't even know if this is true. Has there ever been, like, that monumental doubt? Or has it only been just kind of like, um, of, of um, you know, specific questions that you're having. To right. Um, I don't think, I don't think I've ever doubted. Like, I do truly believe um, what I believe. Like, I, I believe that um, there is a God. I believe there's only one God. And, you know, I, I do believe that Jesus is Son and that he came to die for us. I don't, this, like, so I didn't doubt those things. I doubted more the goodness like, I know God's good, but then, like, how do all these other things happen? Like, that's when I start to, like, I just don't understand it. Um, I mean, it says that his ways are higher than our ways, so I get that. But, um, like, those those bigger questions or even, like, 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe the the death of this person, like you don't know what that will bring about. Like it could bring about the salvation of 10 other people or something. And it's like, okay, or one other, even if it's one other person. And I'm like, I don't know if the death and suffering of one person, like you know what I mean? Like is that worth then just that one? I don't know. Like those things are what I struggle with, like understanding that or like, okay, yeah, maybe that one person, they passed away, but then all of their friends and family that have to deal with that and the suffering they now go through as they deal with grief and depression and the loss of a loved one. And is that worth whatever, you know, might be small in their eyes that is for the kingdom? I don't know. Like those things are where I start to like, I don't understand that. That's what I don't get. So I don't, I don't doubt um, God, but I think it's more I just doubt how things work and why they have to work the way they work. Um, and, and I, and I just recently really, or like I said, in college is when I was like, oh, I can, I can freely ask these questions. And if, and maybe I'm asking, I can't, I, I can't be the only person that has these questions. So like, if even just one of us is willing to start asking them, maybe more people will feel more comfortable asking and even coming forward with what their answers are. Um, and, you know, creating that community, uh, because I feel like, you know, like even growing up, not everything was perfect. We had our issues and like every family has issues, but I don't think we ever really showed any of that to our church community because no one ever really shows that. We always, we all, you know, put on smiles when we go to church and our family did the same. Um, and I'm not saying it was in a in a bad, like it wasn't, I don't blame anybody for it. I think that's just how people act. Unfortunately, in the Christian community, I think a lot of people, families especially, just put a smile on and say, yeah, like, oh, my gosh, everything's great. They're not willing to, like, really admit and say, like, actually, like, this is something we're struggling with right now um, and and we need help or something like that. I think some people are willing to do that, but the majority are not, which is sad. So um, I just keep finding myself like trying to be as honest as I can. Yeah. That but I, don't, I mean, do, do you feel like we sometimes put on a bit of a, not like a, but more of a mask or we just kind of made it, you know, we didn't want people to, to see the, the deep, dark, <laughs> not dark, but just like the deep <laughs> secrets of it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm trying, like, I don't think that our, family had like like we're harboring like really dark secrets or anything but like no we weren't but I just mean like that we weren't always perfect you know like there was a lot going on in life yeah oh and, and I totally agree with you I definitely think that there was an image put forward but I think that like I think you're right I think that that's prevalent in all Christian community which is really unfortunate and something that definitely needs to change because then that brings about because everybody else it's almost like the um the um, how, how prevalent depression is with teens and even the suicide rate has been increasing in teens because they're so focused on social media where everybody presents their best self for that then they start looking at themselves and they're like, oh, I don't have this going on. I don't have that going on. I'm this way. I'm that way. You know, and having this like sense of um, depression or guilt or shame that's involved in that. Right. I feel like that, that can be a problem if everybody's looking around. It's like, wow, all these families look, look like they have everything together and our family is falling apart. You know, we're going through a divorce or there was an affair or there, you know, our kids are, you know, um, involved in drugs or whatever it may be. It's like there, there's not that honesty. And of course there needs to be honesty. And I don't, yeah, I definitely think that there was, you present your best self forward when you go into public. And I don't think that that's just... a like a Christian community problem. I think that that's just a human problem. Yeah, where no, that's true. I know that I went through a rough couple of weeks and like I was not being really honest with like all the people around me and like although right. I'm really terrible at hiding stuff because like I'm <laughs> very expressive and like people can read it so like people knew at work that things weren't going so well for me and I wasn't doing very well but I didn't talk about it. I didn't, I just tried right. to put on smiling face. I just try to push on through and like and although, obviously, that doesn't mean that you pour out your problems to every single person that you interact with on a daily basis, but 
I think that you there definitely needs to be a turn where at least the Christian community is a safe place for you to pour out your problems, right. your issues, no matter what it is. It and should be. Why, one, one last thing. That's one of the reasons why I love, love, love Grace so much is because my pastor, Gary, he'll just get up there on Sunday and be like, my family's going through this, this, and this right now. He's like, and he'll just yeah. tell a story that's like, oh my goodness, wow. And he'll just lay it out for everybody there. And it's just that open and honesty. It's just like so refreshing and so welcoming. It, it's, it's, it really, really is wonderful. It's something I haven't really experienced. And I'm sure there's other Christian church, I'm sure there's other churches and other communities, Christian communities out there that do do that and do it very well. Um, I just feel like uh, it's human nature kind of put your, your best self forward. So I feel like typically right. people will just be putting their best self. Um, with, with yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah, I'm glad that you would agree. <laughs> um, but um, so, what about Christianity do you find so attractive? Ooh. Did, 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 um, yeah, <laughs> that's a heavy duty question. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think like the the fact that there is a God that knows me intimately, deeply, and still loves me completely, um, that's what is most attractive to me. Um, Because, you know, parents love their children, but I would venture to say that parents don't know everything about their kids. Um, But, like, there's nothing that's hidden from God. There's no part of your heart that he doesn't know, um, and yet he still loves you. There's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from him. Um, so, like, it's, it's like, I think that's the main thing. That's what I always go back to, like, even when I'm struggling, um, it, you know, that he knows my doubts, he knows the struggles that I have, and he doesn't turn from me. You know, what I, I love in when um, Jesus comes back and all the disciples, most of them have seen him or they heard, and they're all so excited that Thomas who's known as Doubting Thomas, which is such a terrible way to be remembered. I mean, in the Bible, like, Doubting Thomas, but that's how he's remembered. He's like, no way, like, unless he's standing in front of me and I can literally touch his wounds, like, I will not believe that this happened. And Jesus enters that room, and instead of being like, Thomas, you didn't believe, get away from me, like, how dare you? He literally sticks his hands out and he says, like, go ahead put your fingers in that where the, the nails pierced my palms. Like, go and go feel that. Believe that this happened. And he's like, you can, you know, he didn't shun him, even though that could have happened. He extends his hand out to him and says, go ahead, believe this, because it's true. Um, and I like that because I'm, I'm a doubting Thomas a lot of the times, and it'd be easy for Christ just to say, like, well, you know, if you don't believe it, then whatever, it's fine. But instead, he extends his, his hand to me as well so that I can put my hand in his wounds and I can feel that and know that it's true. Um, and I, so I think that also is attractive to me when it comes to the faith. And, and there's been so much that I've seen um, just in my life that I feel like I have felt the presence of God. I can feel his joy. I can feel his peace. Or when I talk to other people and I hear what their struggles are and then how God, you know, showed up or maybe didn't show up, but they still, or didn't show up the way they thought he would, but they are still believing and praising him. Like, and then it's those other times that I feel like, okay, this is, you know, like this, this is where my heart is. Like I can feel that my heart is in this place as well. Um, So I think that's really what I find the most attractive, um, about being a Christian or just about the Christian faith that draws me in. Anytime that I feel like I'm unsure of things, like that's what I always go back to is just the love that I can feel from it and the joy that I receive. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's the unconditional love. Of yeah, God. which none of us deserve and yet mm. so freely given. You know, it wasn't like just a drip of it. It's like it says it's been lavished upon us. So I think that that word lavished, I love it's, you know, an ocean literally just pouring over you with all this love that, that Christ has for his children. I mean, knowing us so intimately to the point of how many hairs are on our head, um, 
you know, uh, my husband definitely does not know how many hairs are on my head, so I feel like he's slacking on, <laughs> on truly on, unconditional love. But come on, Austin. Uh, yeah, I told. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that like one of the things that has been keeping me like in in the circles of Christianity, like when I moved down here, you know, I was going through a faith crisis and like kind of really pushing away, but I still went to church and now, you know, I'm getting more involved in the church. Like I'm playing on the worship team and I also, you know, meet up with, uh, with some people, uh, regularly just to kind of have, just kind of have some fellowship time and everything. Not really a Bible study, just kind of a get together and just talk and hang out. Um, but I think what's really, and, and this is kind of in the same vein as what you're talking about, something that I feel like keeps bringing me back to Christianity is the character of Jesus. And like that goes mm-hmm. with, with the love. And I just think that he, he embodies everything that like I want to be in life. You know, the gentleness, right. the kindness, the compassion, the humility, the, the love. That and the has. righteous anger. And his righteous anger. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is good to be angry at times. I think it's, I think it's healthy right. to be angry at times. Um, and Absolutely. I think that, like, and I think that like his character, the character of Jesus has always kind of brought me back. Like he's someone that I want to model, and he was, he was loving and compassionate. And we're seeing this in like modern times, where it's like it's very easy to be loving and understanding and compassionate with the people that agree with you. But Jesus came for you know the sick. I mean, he hung out with the with the sinners, the people that were on the outskirts of society, and the people that were unclean and 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 literally diseased. Um, right. He went and hung out with them, and I just think that it's just incredibly beautiful. And I feel like that's something that keeps me um, just coming back more and more. So it's kind of in the same vein as as you. Like I just, I, it's almost like no matter how much I want to just let go and run, it's just like I can't because I think of the character of Jesus. <laughs> it's just like yeah. It just keeps, just keep. It just has that hold, and. Um, Although I'm still, once again, I, I keep, I keep really, because I, I don't want to mislead anyone, and like, very honest, you know, honesty, we, we talked a lot about honesty, and just how, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a Christian, like we just had um, communion, it's every first Sunday at the church that I go to, and I, I, right. I, I don't partake in the communion table, because I'm just like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not there yet, like I'm just not there, right. but, but I'm definitely, definitely and you're told, yeah. You're encouraged, you're not encouraged, you're told not to unless, you know, you truly have a faith. Exactly, yeah. To, exactly. to partake in communion because of what it symbolizes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you, you kind of talked about how your, your faith has changed a little bit. I mean, you've obviously asked a lot of, you've been asking a lot of questions, and obviously your faith is a lot different from when it was when you were in high school. Um, do, do you have any, like, um, can you think of any, any way that it's different? Like, has it become maybe more progressive? I feel like for myself, like, I was very rigid, black and white thinking when I was in high school. And, like, right. this was right, this was wrong. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, ah, you know what, there's a lot of gray areas. I think God exists in the gray and kind of comes down and meets people on their individual level and not each situation is is exactly the same and God kind of exists in that nuance and that gray area so I feel like my faith because I've always talked about how like I have faith like I'm not an atheist for sure like I have I believe in a higher power but if there was a higher power I don't think he would be as rigid I feel like that's that's one of the ways just for example that's kind of a way that my 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 personal spiritual beliefs have changed over time where it's like, okay, maybe everything's a nuance and maybe I don't really have the answers to things. And like, I just kind of have to be like, okay, like just meet people and listen to their stories. And that's kind of it, you know, and just like, right. Um, but, but I don't know, maybe, maybe you, maybe yours has uh, changed in a different way. Um, I, I mean, I do feel like I'm not as black and white as I once was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like I'm a little more lax about now, more lax about like those really gray areas or the big debates when it comes to Christianity. Like I really don't know the answers and 
and um, I probably should do more research so I can really say, like, oh, this is what I believe. But I feel like it's when it comes to, like, theology and things like that, I have such a hard time because, like, so many people say one thing and so many people say the other thing. So it's like, you know, who, who should I believe and why should I really believe them? Um, there's a couple things that I think in the Bible are pretty clear, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. I think that's a pretty clear thing that I don't think there's a black and white. Um, but there's other, you know, things that I'm not too sure about um, that I'm still trying to to navigate through. So I think I'm, I'm a little more lax about those things, like you're saying, or more progressive or just kind of unsure. Um, I, 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 like I said, I feel like I'm more open about where I'm truly at and the questions that I have, which is different than... When I was in high school, um, I still lead worship like I did, but um, I don't think I'm as disciplined as I was, which is, you know, something that I'm currently trying to work on, my habits and making sure I have good habits. But I'm just not as disciplined when it comes to, like, I pray a lot, but I don't spend as much time as I probably should in the Word like I used to when I was. Um, in high school. I think there was like a, a, a thirst when I was in high school and I still have the thirst, but the, hurt, the thirst is also confused right now on like a lot of different things. So as I'm, I'm like wrestling through those big topics, um, but I think that's another way of growing closer to Christ. You know, there's the way of studying the Bible and doing devotions, but there's also just growing closer to him by being honest. Because if this is, you know, I believe that your relationship with Christ is just that. It's a relationship. It's a friendship. And if it's an honest one and if it's a legitimate friendship, then it should be honest about every aspect of your life. Mm. I can't just, you know, do devotions and that's it. Like, I should talk to God and say, like, this is what I'm struggling with. And that would be, like, then that becomes an honest relationship. I can't have a relationship with one of my friends if I never tell them how I'm feeling or what I'm doing um, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, you have to, yeah, it's, 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 it may seem strange to some people, this idea of having a relationship with, with, um, with someone that, um, some people say they, they hear audible voice of God, the, like an audible voice that they attribute to God. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of times I think people are confused by, like, how you can have a relationship with someone that doesn't necessarily talk back, back right, to you. Right, talk back um, to you. And, and, it's, and I think that it's one of those things that you kind of grow into because I know that people do have um, genuine relationships with the divine. Um, I, I, I definitely do not doubt that. I do not doubt mom's faith and, and, and her connection or your experiences or Peter's experiences. Um, right. I think, yeah, you know, it, it does, like, the honesty. I, I've i never heard God's voice, you know, audibly. I think he speaks through a lot of different things, the different channels. I've never heard the voice of God come down from the heavens. Um, but I have felt things, you know, in my heart or I've, when I'm, like, questioning something, I do feel like there are times that I've received an answer pretty quickly. Um, but, and that's, like, you know, you're right, that is a big thing. Like, oh, well, if you can't hear him talk back to you. But I don't think it always comes in those audible, you know, it says it could come in a whisper, it could come in this, or come, you know, from somebody else. Like, it could be just from me talking to you, even and and you know in this podcast who knows or it could be me calling up mom and and talking to mom about something and something she says really you know sticks with me or something like that um but i think that that has to be done in order to have a a relationship with christ you have to talk to him even when he's not necessarily talking back but praying and and doing all those things will help with that Mm -hmm. i agree And, and like it, you know, I, I've I've heard this before from a friend. I've said this on the podcast before. I'm going to say it again, but I think it's just really beautiful. It's this idea that you hold Jesus and the cross with a firm grasp, everything else with an open palm. So this idea of like 
who Jesus was, you know, the love and his sacrifice, you hold on to that with a firm grip, and then, but then everything else kind of with an open palm, like, maybe you're unsure, but I feel like if you start holding on to the other things, you're, you're missing holding on to what, what truly is important. Because if you focus in, does that make sense at all? If you, I feel like some people will really focus on um, certain issues that they find to be very important and that they, that they base their faith off of. Um, yeah. And, like, and then they miss the point completely. So, for example, um, I, I went to Pride in Atlanta, and like mm-hmm. there they had a bunch of people protesting there, uh, you know, pretty much saying, you know, fags are going to burn in hell and God's going to burn mm-hmm. you and like Ugh, yeah. ask me how, how you're going to burn and da-da-da and all this stuff. And I feel like right. maybe those people, it's like you're missing the whole, the whole character of Jesus, man. You're focused on these like right. verses that are in there, but, you, but, you are, but you're missing, you know, it's almost like you're relinquishing what, what the faith is supposed to be about, and you're just so focused on these certain issues that if you get these things right, then you're somehow right with God, which seems wrong to me. <laughs> um, right. Because it's not like... Oh, I... Yeah, yeah the, I, I don't understand why people think that that's... Uh, you know, I don't care where you stand on a certain issue that is not the way to get through another per- get through to another person or show them love in any way. Yeah. There was somebody on Facebook years ago who it would post those things and say, you know, oh my gosh, you're going to go to hell, da, 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 and all these terrible things. And I reached out to them and I was like, look, as a sister in Christ, I have to tell you that this is so wrong on so many levels. Like you are not sharing the gospel in the way you're talking. Um, you know, I don't care if you agree with what they think or not. This is not how you approach it. And I, someone even had commented on one of his statuses saying, like, well, if heaven's full of people like you, I'd rather go to hell. And I'm like, if that's not a wake-up call to how you should, you know, approach people and, and how you should talk to them, I don't know what will be for you. And, you know, some people are just so set in their ways and there's, you know, they aren't Jesus. And it's sad that they think that that's how Christ would act even in today's climate like that's not how God's going to act yeah no no I I feel like and I've experienced this at Grace it's like love the person in front of you as Jesus would love them like it's almost like it's almost like you don't necessarily need to point out the things that are wrong because that's like that's not really your job well I guess if you're in if they're already Christians and maybe you can point out certain things and, and go to them if you see some issues but like I feel like for people that, I mean, we're kind of talking about, like, people that are unbelievers, it's like, isn't it the Holy Spirit's job to convict people <laughs> to, like, you know, right. as you right. show them love, it, it, they'll, they'll realize the things that they need to change, and God will put it on their heart, um, more so than you pointing it out and trying to be um, self-righteous and trying to be pious about stuff. Um, right, right. So... You kind of talked about this. You, you you talked about this a little bit. I don't know if you want to give uh, a little bit of specifics. So I thought that I'd open up the floor and just ask the question, which you did did touch on this briefly. But um, so so why are you so confident in your faith? And, and you talked a little bit about it because you were t- talking about how the things that you felt in your heart and the things that you've experienced and the things that you've experienced in other people's lives. So I don't know if you have a specific story if you want to elaborate a little bit on that. But I thought that I would um, open up the door to allow you to do that. I don't know if I have, like, a specific story. Um, But, I mean, like I said, it's just uh, what I, like, I really do feel like I can feel the presence of God. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of people around me when they have Jesus and when they don't have Jesus and um, the changes that, happen when someone comes to know Christ and and when someone doesn't know Christ um, and just hearing other people's testimonies and what Christ has done in so many lives like that for me is kind of like that it all makes sense but I wouldn't say there's like a specific story Um, if anything it's just uh, like the different testimonies that I've heard my own testimony and just um, the love that I do believe people have when they come to know Christ. It's, it is truly something different. Um, I think when I come and I meet someone who, who truly knows the love of Christ, 
the love that they give other people is is different than just um, you know your average Joe. Um, I think until you are truly loved, you can't love another person. And and when you're truly loved by Christ, then you know how to love others very well. Um, so I yeah, it's not like a specific story, but that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, no, no. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely agree. Like I I would say that um, not all people, but I've seen a lot of people that have walked away from the faith, and and I've seen their lives kind of go down a really dark path because they started living for themselves. And I think that what what Christianity does is it makes you want to live for other people. And I think that that's where you get genuine joy. Or that's where I get genuine joy is when I love and serve other people before myself. Right. That's where I get... Once I start feeling like I'm doing something for myself, even if it turns out the way that I wanted it to, I don't get joy from it. Or I may get a momentary little bit of joy, but it's not lasting. It's not that, it's not that joy that I really feel in my gut when I actually help and serve other people. And I think, and I think that that's like a, a huge component of it. Um, yeah. When, when you stop, yeah, when, 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 you know, when you live for your, when you try to live for yourself and doing the things that you want to do, um, like, and not, and not necessarily, um, and not serving other people or considering other people, um, I feel like that, that's, that's a really dangerous place to be. And I've been there and it's not, it's not a happy place and it's not a healthy place. And like, yeah, you're never going to be satisfied. It's just going to be, um, right. It's going to be an ongoing struggle. But, okay, last question, and then you need to go vote. So Yeah, I'm going to vote. <laughs> um, so I asked this to all the guests, so I'm going to ask it to you. Is there one teaching, maybe you can think one Bible verse, one uh, maybe like a snippet or, or phrase that you learned over, over the years um, as, you, as you've grown in your faith, or maybe something that you've heard from a, from a pastor, you've read in a book that uh, that someone can apply to their life today that they would see benefits. Like, is there something from your faith that you would give to someone? Say, like, hey, I learned this from Christianity, and I think that if you applied this in your life, you'd see benefits. Um, there's a verse um, thing. I don't, you know, there's so many different things that I feel like, you know, you could say, but I go back to you know, the basics, which is, um, I think love your neighbor as yourself is really important. It's a very good one. Um, especially in, like, what's going on today. You know, I have a lot of questions, and I'm not unsure about a lot of things, but if I can love my neighbors well, if I can love, you know, the elderly person down the street or, or the, um, the orphans or the widows, as the Bible says, you know, um, when Christ says, you know, you give when you gave someone a, a something to drink, you gave something to drink to me as well, or you fed someone, you were feeding Jesus as well. Like, I think if you think about that, that's a principle or um, something that any person in any religion would want to put into practice. Um, mm. if, in, if you can do that, I think that you are showing the face of Christ to those around you even when you're unsure about a lot of things if I can love the people that I live with very well, if I can love the people around me well and, and learn to accept who they are and where they're at, um, that, I think, is a, is a good thing to live by and then is important to live by, no matter where you are in your life. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I totally agree. I read this book. Um, well, actually, well, I, I listened to it on Audible, but, like, uh, it was this book uh, called Love Does by Bob Goff. And honestly, oh, yeah. I, I wasn't crazy. Oh, you know the book? Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah, I, read, I, I didn't read it, but I know Bob Goff, yeah. Yeah, you know about Bob Goff. Super interesting guy. Wasn't crazy about uh, about the book. There, I've had issues. I had some issues with it, but that's a totally different discussion. The, the, but I did like the the core message of that book that I really, really enjoyed was essentially just love the person in front of you. Just love on the person that's right in front of you, whoever that may be. And I think that that's really, really important to do. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that may be the grandmother down the street, and maybe your next-door neighbor. It could be your coworker. It could be, you know, whoever it may be. 
but just love the person yeah. that's in front of you. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, um, I agree. Absolutely. All right, Danielle. Well, I'll let you get going. Thank you for talking. That is, this is a lot Thank of you, fun. Dennis. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. You had fun, too. If, if you ever want to talk again, I'm here. Good. Thanks. I appreciate it. I got your number. <laughs> I'll call you. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> All righty. Um, thanks for talking. I love you. Love you. I'll talk to you later. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Faith and Humanity podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFIH underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Faith and Humanity podcast. And you can email us at TFIH.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a moment of your time, could you just give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast that will help other people find this podcast. All right. And until next time, peace be with you.